Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. When did you know you wanted to be a therapist, Dr. Sewell? Was there, was there like a light bulb moment or was it kind of a gradual? Um, no, I, I think I, I was always really fascinated by... I had an an aunt that was adopted. Okay. Um, and I mean, there's so much going on in an adoption with a family that um, it was it was fascinating. I think for me as a kid to kind of watch um, how she acted differently than some of my family members, how my family members treated her a little mm-hmm. bit differently than other family members, mm-hmm. how. Um, she internalized some of those processes, how other people, inter- it was just fascinating to watch that all kind of play out as a yeah. kid And it. And man, I remember being seven or eight and just thinking, man, I got to figure out how this happens, you know? Mm. And, and, and so early on, I just kind of knew oh, okay. that's what I wanted to do, you know? Oh, wow. So it was kind of easy for me, but yeah, it'd been on your radar for a long time. Yeah. I just, uh, I think my brain, I just naturally really liked and enjoyed and looking at why people did the things the way what they did mm-hmm. what motivations were at play why people saw things differently it was just so fascinating to me always that to do anything else yeah i was always just like no that's what i want to do that's, mm-hmm. yeah so mm, interesting because i get i don't know about you but um i get a pretty decent amount of people um asking me about the profession of psychology uh-huh. or being a therapist and um, uh, either asking for advice or just kind of asking my experiences with it. But a lot of, a lot of young people, you, you know, you're not a young person anymore when you start using the phrase young people. <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of does just show up, right? Yeah. It's not like you consciously uh, decide to start saying that. Nope. There's just a point in time where you realize I'm not young anymore. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, so I, I thought it'd be fun to, to kind of chat about that and see. I'm, I'm curious what you, how you approach that question of, um, you know, I'm thinking about being a therapist. What, what do you think um, is the way people frame it a lot, which I think is kind of an interesting um, yeah, yeah. way of phrasing it. Um, but yeah, what do, you, what do you typically say when, when someone asks you about that? Well, there's, there's many a pathway, I think, to becoming a therapist. Um, and so really kind of dialing in on what their goals are, what, what, what their values are inside of that kind of decision mm-hmm. would determine, I guess, my advice to them. Because knowing what you, what you want in that decision is, is an important path, uh, an important factor in determining what path you should take. Probably. Sure. I always ask people like, what do you think a therapist does? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What do you want to do? Cause like yeah. with a lot of careers, I think, and I think in some ways like therapist kind of fits in with, um, astronaut and doctor and lawyer. And there are these very easy, like caricatures of what mm-hmm. it looks like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like people come to me and they're upset and I give them advice about what they should do. Yeah. Right. Just like astronauts spend all their time flying around in spaceships. Right. Right. And, and lawyers are in court all the time, like making Every dramatic day. arguments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is nonsense. That's like maybe 1% of all those careers. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Know? The time an astronaut spends on the moon compared to what he does training, he or she does to train to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Quite a bit different. So there's the, I, I try and get at that. Like, what's your image of what this actually is and, and looks mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. and how, 
you know, how, how close is that to reality? Yeah. <laughs> or, or um, yeah, I usually will ask, what is it you want to do as a therapist? You know, what, mm-hmm. what, what is the role you want to play there? Yeah. Why is that appealing to you? What yeah. about that? Yeah. Um, from something as, as big and dramatic as, um, you know, I'm, I'm fascinated by how, you know, I had someone in my life who experienced trauma and I'm just fascinated by trauma and how it affects people and, or something is, and this sounds silly, but like, well, you get to sit around in a nice office all day. Like, that sounds pretty nice. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but th- the reality could be completely different. You could realize you hate sitting all day long. Yeah. And if you're a therapist, you got to sit a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that I had never really considered that, I don't think. Yeah. That like, you spend a lot of your day just sitting in a, in a giant comfy chair. Yeah, you kind of sit for a living. Yeah. Yeah. Which, again, superficially sounds great, but... Um, it's <laughs> and it's you know it's certainly better than a, um, I think that's one of the harder things for me as a therapist sitting yeah I I get a little antsy oh yeah if you notice right. I leave Physically, the office yeah. anytime I can because I'm like ah, I gotta get out of these walls mm-hmm. yeah I like to pretend that uh, drawing lots of diagrams on my whiteboard helps my clients but I think really I just get antsy and have to just like move around yeah you gotta yeah. get up <laughs> You're just entertaining yourself um yeah so I th- I think that's that's always the first thing and if I you know, was recommending advice on people who are considering becoming a therapist. I like with any profession, I think you got to really think through the, like the concrete details. What will I actually be doing? Yeah. Do you know what that's actually like? Have you ever talked to an actual therapist about not like the, the fuzzy theoretical parts of their job, but like, no, literally what do you do when you show up at the office at 9am? Like, what do you do? Yeah. When do you take lunches? Take me through like a, what, yeah. a normal day. What does an yeah. actual day look like, look like for yeah. you? How do you feel during your day? You know, like how do you feel after work? Like mm-hmm. those really nitty gritty, seemingly boring details I think matter. Like yeah. Paperwork. How much paperwork do you do? Well, because it's entirely right? possible that you're really, like your example, you're really interested in trauma and how it affects people. Mm-hmm. But you're, you're, you know, you're just not cut out to sit in an office all day long. Yeah. That could be the thing. Right. Yeah. And so at that point, your, your advice would be, well, maybe you research and, and read a lot and I can give you some info. And if you're still fascinated with it after that, maybe mm-hmm. we look at other options. But yeah, don't maybe decide to career course just yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah get the details. Get, get a lot of those yeah, boring, nitty gritty details. Which is, which is good. You know, there, there's psychology in particular. I think there, there's so many career tracks mm-hmm. that um, when a lot of people say, I want to be a psychologist, you've really got to dial that in a little bit better. Yeah, there's one. I think when you when you hear people say, I want to be a psychologist or a psychiatrist, I think what they what they mean is I want to be a counselor or a therapist. Right, right. But there's a lot of different versions of psychologists that have not, almost nothing to do with therapy or counseling. Well, and, and yeah, for example, if you want to, you know, if you, if you just told someone, yeah, go, go to get a PhD in psychology, that's what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Well, they're going to be doing a ton of research mm-hmm. and statistical analyses and research design and development and analysis, and that isn't counseling. So yeah. if they just want counseling, they probably don't want to do a PhD. Right. So you got to get clear on what are the actual professions mm-hmm. involved in a, in a big area like psychology or mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, and what do those actually look like? Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of difference. So what, but we're both, um, we're psychologists, but we're also therapists. We do psychotherapy almost mm-hmm. entirely. Um, what are some things other than sitting all day long? <laughs> what are some of the like nitty gritty details about being a therapist that you think your average per, like young person wouldn't necessarily think of when they when they imagine what it might be like to be a therapist. 
like what are some of the either it could be positive negative neutral um but like anything come to mind when you think about like what might people be a little surprised by when it comes to I, I think they'd be surprised by just how, well, I mean, you, you could really distill it down and, and, and say, you know, a lot of our job is giving people good advice. Mm-hmm. That is not our job at all. Yeah, right. Um, and so a, a lot of people have a lot of misperceptions about, I think, what we do. And I, and I think a lot of it would be, I think a lot of people would be surprised by the amount of school and information oh. you have going on in your head while somebody's talking. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, when a client's talking to me about a problem behavior, I'm going through a formula of what kind of antecedents show up to put that behavior in motion, what kind of things are happening to kind of maintain that behavior, and what are the consequences of that behavior, and here's my hypotheses about why this client is doing that and how can I test that and what kind of behavioral mm-hmm. homework can I get that client to, you know, it, it's a, it's a mess. You're not, you, you don't get to just sit there and listen. <laughs> you're, or you're sit there active. and tell people what to do. Right. Yeah. Ne- neither of those extremes. <laughs> yeah, neither <laughs> one of those. <laughs> neither one of those. So I, I think people would be surprised to learn just how much is going on inside your mind probably yeah while you're listening to them and that gets that i think a lot of people imagine it's a like mellow career like it's if as far as jobs go it's like you're in a nice like kind of zen looking office and it's very calm and and peaceful and there's lots of dark wood paneling and um and some of that is true like it's it's um compared to other professions i guess it is calm in a sense but there's a, there's a lot of energy mm-hmm. in a therapy session. A lot of emotion. You know, and it, it could be you're sitting across from someone who is super wound up and agitated mm-hmm. and anxious and mm-hmm. that's its own kind of energy that you have to manage. Right. But it could be someone who's incredibly depressed, mm-hmm. can hardly talk, and you're teeming with frustration because this is going nowhere. And so I, I think the idea that it's this like placid, serene mm-hmm. experience mm-hmm. day in and day out is like, no, there's a lot of energy. Yeah. It, it's pretty, it can be intense. And going back to, I do a lot of trauma. And so going back to your early example, it, if you think you want to be a trauma therapist, think about that. I mean, you're, you're going to be hearing some horrific stories over and over yeah. and over again. So to do kind of trauma therapy, I think, or, or some, some disorders just come with a lot of management mm-hmm. around your own stuff, their stuff. And so, yeah, there's a lot of emotion in these therapy sessions and to be ready for that mm-hmm. is, is you got to, I think that's what getting trained to do this is, is all about in some yeah. ways is just slowly ramping you up to be able to take that kind of emotional mm-hmm. experience. Yeah. So what sort of like, um, maybe like character traits or proclivities or personality would be especially amenable to therapy? Do you think? According like, to, or, according or to like, Hollywood, you have to be really weird. You got to have a beard. And you got to sit on the weird. floor and <laughs> say weird Zen-like things every once. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, um, always, I'm always like frustrated with Hollywood depictions of counselors. <laughs> I was like, man, I don't know anybody like that. <laughs> I don't know a single human who does this. Yeah, they all either look like Freud in like tweed jackets and like circular spectacles mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. they're in like... They're like Jimmy Buffett, like yeah. Hawaiian T-shirt, you flip know, flops, like flip flops, yeah, <laughs> smoking weed. And they're, yeah, 
No, no, I don't know many people like that. But in general, like what if you just had to guess, like kind of what what sorts of yeah traits or interests or talents sort of would would maybe be amenable for a therapy and or or not hmm. like, like personality you, traits like i'll give you an example like i think a really in hindsight a, a good predictor of the fact that i ended up becoming a therapist is that i i really like one-on-one interactions i don't mm-hmm. particularly care for group interactions mm-hmm. i don't even mm-hmm. necessarily think of myself as a i'm not an extrovert like a people person but i really love like meaningful one-on-one conversation and, and yeah. interactions yeah. Um, like I, I seek that out. Like I really, really like that. And yeah. I always have. Um, and so that, you know, in general, if, if you like one-on-one conversations, like that's a big part of therapy, right? Yeah. And if you, if you don't, maybe you think you like that, but you, you're really the kind of person who likes to, to meet lots of different people in, in kind of like groups and group dynamics. And it doesn't mean you can't like, you can do, you can be a group therapist, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But, but like that's something that I'm kind of thinking about. Yeah. Um, I think maybe uh, this is so anecdotal and I know there's, there's research out there about this, but, um, I think one of the things that I'm just curious about uh, people, mm. I really kind of want to know, and just uh, I've always been like that. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think someone who's just naturally curious about other people might, that might be a good kind of foundational mm-hmm. quality to have. Yeah, and like I would, I would add to that too. Like my, I think it's it's naive to say that we're all just kind of completely non-judgmental and don't have our own like ideas for how how people should. What's the optimal way to to live your life? I think we all have opinions, but almost always my curiosity about a person outweighs my my sense for what they should be doing or what they shouldn't. I'm just more interested in Mm. why they ended up in this situation Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like that. And I imagine it would be really hard if I was the kind of person who, um, you know, just had really strong opinions about how things should work and how people should behave. And like, like a real, and not this is bad at all, but if, if you have a really strong moral sense and you like easily get outraged, um, and have a hard time, uh, kind of like tolerating um, beliefs or values that are kind of mm. different than your own. Mm-hmm. That it doesn't mean you can't be a therapist, um, but I think that uh, I feel It'll like a lot a of our job is to kind of suspend your own feelings about something and just look at something with just a lot of curiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd agree. If you, if you have a real kind of narrow belief system. Um, it might be a little tough because you're going to meet a lot of people who just do not share those values at all. Yeah. Um, and it's it's not even that that's that you couldn't do it, but that if that's like a ton of work for you day mm-hmm. in and day out, mm-hmm. maybe it's not a great profession. Yeah. Maybe you could do it just as well as anyone, but if it's exhausting, would you want to do it? Would you want to do that? Would that yeah. be worth it? Yeah. That's right. A good point. Um, yeah. So I think, I, I feel like that's kind of a big one. Yeah. I would agree. Um, like, it, like, uncertainty tolerance, ambiguity tolerance. Are you okay with things kind of being pretty messy and contradictory and um, out, like out of control, disorganized? <laughs> like, you know, like, because that's a lot of what therapy is. People come in and they're just, things are kind of messy and, and mm-hmm. out of control and they're just overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And part of your job is to be, not to first to put that back, to help them put that back together again. It's to, to validate 
that messiness for them and to say like, you know, to be with them in all that. Yeah. And that's hard. To, to kind of get where they're at to yeah. start. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And to not have that produce so much anxiety or, or stress in you that mm. you end up rushing to, to do things that aren't helpful to their client actually. And well, and there's a certain quality there too. I think your ability not to internalize what other people are doing around you is yeah. really important because like you were saying earlier, when you have someone who's severely depressed on your couch, um, you can get sucked into that yeah. pretty easy. Likewise mm-hmm. with someone with real high anxiety. Anxious, it's yeah. easy to kind of get pulled into that and start feeling a little frantic yourself or far, start feeling a little um, hopeless or mm-hmm. pessimistic yourself. It's, it's, it's easy to kind of get pulled into that. So it, it helps if you can kind of um, be able to kind of remove yourself from somebody else's emotional state. Yeah. And maybe the way to think about that is if you hear us talking about this and you're like, oh man, I suck at that. Like that is really hard for me. I'm sure you could get better at that. It's a skill, yeah. Um, But then again, that gets to that pragmatic question of do you, if that's just always something that's going to be a real struggle for you, is that you want to look at things that you are kind of in, you know, by nature are, are yeah, yeah, that you're inclined towards. Yeah. Um, So I think that's, I think that's pretty important. I would agree. Yeah. Okay, how about um, how about the process of becoming a therapist? You kind of alluded to this earlier, yeah, but like yeah. for both of us, I think it's been a it was a long process. Yeah, <laughs> it's I a mean, long it, it, but there it goes to there. What do you want to accomplish there? What do you want to do? Because look, if you want to sit with people one on one and give great advice, there is a form of therapy where that's possible. It's called life coaching, and, <laughs> and you can do that. You, you can. We're gonna get a lot of angry emails. Well, from no, but but that's kind of the the point there is to kind of really help people and coach them through certain transitions or certain parts sure. of their life. It's not so much psychology as it is kind of um, more effective um, behaviors. I think in the yeah, life coaches it, I've talked to, it's more purely what are we gonna do? Not yeah, how do we what help are you? The kind of underlying dynamics right. leading to this, right? Yeah. Or you could become a master's level therapist. And, um, that's a bit shorter route than the one you and I took, but they're, they're good therapists. They, they do quality therapy research shows over and over. They do good therapy. Mm -hmm. So there's an option for you too. Um, or you could be a PhD, um, the track that you and I took, um, where you're trained in both research and clinical work. So Again, it really just depends. There's so many ways to become a therapist of sorts that it really just depends on what it is you want to do mm-hmm. and what and how long you've got to do that and maybe how much money you want to make while you do that. Those, oh, are, yeah. those are things to consider probably. Right, right. Yeah. So it's interesting that both of us are PhD level psychologists, but we, on a day-to-day basis, we that what we do, we could have done with two years of grad school instead yep. of four to six. Yeah. Right, what what's wrong with us? <laughs> why why would you why would you spend that much time and money and energy if we're doing something that we could be doing with uh, you know two years worth of grad school? Mm. What's mm-hmm. the, so why why do a, a doctorate when you could you could be a counselor with a master's? Well, I have two answers. Okay when I was presented with that option. Because I actually did a terminal master's degree where I could have just stopped and mm-hmm. practiced. But I decided to go on. Um, one was my ego. <laughs> I'll just go ahead and admit I that. like the honesty. Yep. <laughs> Th- three letters instead of two letters after your name. Uh, the other, uh, the, the way going on was presented to me was 
look, you have the clinical skills it would take to kind of start a practice right now and, or be a part of a practice and, and go there. There is this other route, though, that you can take where you will learn the mechanisms, the underlying theories for all the kind of uh, steps that we've kind of taught you here. Um, a PhD will give you a more research background into what you've been studying mm-hmm. here. So it was it was presented. So my naturally curious brain was like, well, I, I want to learn more mm-hmm. about what I'm doing. Um, and I kind of want to be really good at what I'm doing. So I think that'll help me. So mm-hmm. that was kind of my yeah, thought. Sure. But ego definitely played a okay. part there. I don't know. A common one for people is probably money. Like on average, yeah, a yeah. doctoral level therapist is going to make more than... Uh, right. But probably not as much as you would think. I think that, especially if, you, if you're good, um, I think your um, supply and demand comes into play. And sure. sort of, you can, you know... So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't over index on the price thing. Think just because, like for instance, if a, if a doctor takes three times as long as getting a master's, you're not going to make three times as much. It's unlikely that you're going to make three <laughs> times as much as a PhD level therapist as you would as a master's level therapist. Right. Maybe two times. Right. Maybe probably not even that think, much though. I think that's the the reimbursement rates now are. It's, I think it's about double for a psychologist versus a master's. But there's a lot of variability. Oh, yeah, sure. You know? Sure, all over the place. Yep. Yeah. Um, so my, my biggest one was flexibility. So I, mm. I had the going into, I knew that primarily I, I thought what I wanted to do was therapy, counseling, mm-hmm. um, to be a clinician. But I was, I, I did, there was a decent chance that I thought I would like doing research and maybe that would be, if not the full-time kind of direction of my job, maybe I would want to do partly research. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you definitely can't have any kind of serious research position without a, a PhD. Right. Um, so that was, that was part of flexibility. I wanted to, I didn't know for sure. So getting a PhD allows for that, but also um, teaching, right? Like I, I like to teach um, and even kind of a, a variant of that maybe is like consulting. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think when, if you have one reason to go for um, like a doctoral level degree is it if you, if you want to be open to lots of different ways of practicing in the broad sense, that can give you more flexibility often. Mm-hmm. If you, I have a, a client who's thinking about um, doing counseling and mental health and, and she's thinking a lot about, she's really involved in um, politics right now and so she could imagine being kind of a, a therapist partly but then also being involved in policy making mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that that would be having a phd would would likely help a lot for that mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i think in terms of um optionality um definitely that could be a, a reason to consider going for well, i think and then that's that first question what is it you want to be able to do yeah. right and so if you really just want to do clinical one-on-one work and that's all you're after, man, do a master's, mm-hmm. right? If you, you can want, always go back and get a PhD after. Yeah, if you want the option to teach, if you want the option to do research, if you want, then you're going to need to probably do a PhD. Right. Um, or some advanced degree some somehow. But, but yeah, trying to determine what it is you really want to do as a therapist mm-hmm. is going to help. And a lot of people that I get asked that question with have a very specific population. I want to work with kids. Oh, yeah. I want to work with... Um, people with autism. I want to work. And, and so th- that's a really good thing to kind of identify too, if yeah. you can, if that's your, 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 um, your push, because then it's probably going to be just more about that direct work with that population. Right. So, yeah. And I think just to kind of wrap things up, I think my one piece of advice that 
really applies to any career, I think, but it certainly applies to therapy is if you think you want to be a therapist, you should talk to a lot of therapists. Yeah, You should, I mean, take advantage of people you know, obviously, families mm-hmm. and friends. Mm-hmm. But honestly, like you should, this has happened to me. People have emailed me out of the blue and said, hey, with some like really loose connection, mm-hmm. like I live in Dallas too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and I'm thinking about being a therapist. Like, can, like, would you be willing to talk to me on the phone for half an hour sure. or meet for coffee or something? Yeah. I, I have always done that every single time someone mm-hmm. has asked me to do it. Happy it's to. not weird. Like yeah. I, I kind of like doing it. Yeah. Uh, I, people did that for me when I was young. So there's kind of a pay it back thing. Yeah. And I really care about people getting real concrete <laughs> ideas yeah. of what a profession is like. So don't be afraid to just like ask, ask Google yeah. people I do and it. say, this person looks interesting. I've, I'm I've never them. turned that down either. And, and partially because I didn't have anybody to help me. Mm. So it was really just, I mean, I remember getting lots of options laid out. And going, I have no, no idea, idea which, you know, what are you talking about? And and luckily, I think I chose options that worked. But yeah. I'm always happy because I, I definitely understand how daunting it is to kind of look at mm-hmm. all the options into mental health and, and behavior and, and say, I have zero idea of what path to take. So yeah. having and someone help you define that a little bit, clarify it, helps a lot. Totally. So just, and don't be afraid to ask. I mean... You don't have to be a psychologist and understand people like talking about themselves. So if you're <laughs> especially <laughs> us, right? <laughs> especially shrinks. Yeah. Someone yeah. emails you and says, Hey, will you talk about yourself? You're like, Oh yeah. Oh, let let me, me, come let on. Me let's you. do it. Let me educate you here. <laughs> um, be assertive. Yeah. Be assertive. Right. Ask what you need to ask. Yep. Um, but yeah, get lots of, lots of stories, yeah. different types of counselors and mm-hmm. therapists. And, and even if it's the, the field that you think you really want, you know, if Nick does a lot of anxiety work and you want to be an anxiety kind of a counselor who works with people with anxiety, ask someone who does that or a few people who do that, yeah. what it is they do all day? What yeah. do they think? How they like it? You know? Yeah. Try mm-hmm. to get as much do info you as you can. Do you wish you'd done anything differently? It's always an awesome question. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah, what yeah. would you have done differently if you're, if you're doing it all over again? Hmm. I think I would have just started way earlier. Hmm. You know, I would have I would have still done that Terminal Masters. That was a great program. Hmm. Here's a pitch. NAU's Terminal Masters program is amazing. Hmm. So NAU, Northern Arizona University. Yeah. yeah. Uh really great program, really great staff um and faculty. I don't know what I would have done different. Maybe just the 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 timing of it all, but I don't think I would have done a different pathway. This episode of What My Shrinks Say brought to you by Northern Arizona. Hey, everyone. <laughs> Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance. And if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks.